0: Morella, good morning. So, as we were praying outside this morning, my eye caught that sign that I can see right behind Pietras outside, and it speaks about water and that we're in a water scarce area. We should conserve water. And as you guys know, we all came out of an extreme season of drought here in Otsuara. And a few years back, it was grey and dusty, and you know we all lacked water. But you know, I think the Lord has established something for us here in Otson, in the physical and also in the spiritual. So as you know, we have had quite a bit of rain. The dams are full. Everything is green, and it looks amazing in the physical, but also in the spiritual. I just sensed this morning, um, the Lord gave me Isaiah 35, verse 5 to wherever I stop reading, 6, 7, um, and it says, For waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground be, uh, will become springs of water. Um, and it talks about, it goes on, you know, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. Everything will be green and fruitful and filled with water and life. And I just really felt God say that He has established something in the spiritual here for us in Otsuren. Something like an amazing wellspring of his presence and of his spirit for us to come and enjoy. And it is something that he willed and that he has established for us.
1: That's an amazing word, huh? That that God's, God's opening something new, something fresh for us. And in line with that, I actually forgot during announcements, I wanted to mention this. Uh, You know the little cards that we fill out, the visitor slip, or whatever you want to call it. Sometimes, it can't just be a visitor slip, because a lot of us filled out a form once, and we're not visitors anymore. So it's a request for entry, (laughs) or whatever. But somebody was here last week, and in the little thing she wrote, just passing through. But thank you so much for loving me. Huh? I, I just want to tell you. Thank you so much for loving the person that just passed through. Because, you know, it's, it's somebody that they don't expect to be back. They were just visiting. But they left us a thank you note. And I, I thought I wanted to pass that along to you guys as an encouragement that, you know, you never know. Uh, somebody comes through our doors or they join us for coffee afterwards. And you're nice to them and you never see them again. And you go, oh, you know what? I, I gave them some love. That means something. It's, it's really, it's, it means something. And uh, if that's the only thing that you could have done for that person, that, is, that means something to them. And, uh, and don't underestimate the little contribution of sharing our lives and being loving and open and kind with each and every person and never get tired of that. That's my encouragement this morning is don't, don't get tired of it. Like keep on keeping on. It is actually worth it to pour our lives out for one another. Kali, Kaliad, another word. Kali is an elder in the life of Josh Chin. I, I forgot to 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 welcome you here. So Kali had a had a picture that he wanted to share with us this morning.
2: Zey morem, ik was ik denk ik het voor ochtend een dankje doen wat ik zeker nog niet de hele jaar gedoen het of zeker jaar terug gedoen het, En, um, so, wie, wie het gedoen al? Uh, nee, ek spoot so maar, um, ek staan vir en ek is bezig om, ek staan, ek sief kriendjes wie karres vuil, ek kan moet my so met omrein, en ek gaan, gaan ek was om, toe klaar gewas het, en dit is wat ons vir ochtend doen, ons kom vir oogend, ons lam net, jy sier, ons kom sit by, kom ook ons koon, en toe klaar gewas het, voor op die dashboard, voor, sit al die muggies, en die motte, en die goed gevleeg, en, um, en ek stap in, en ek gaan al warm water, seep, borsel, en ek skrop hom af, en ek krijg hom toe skoon. En toe ek instap, sê ek, hier, maar, wat sê hier, heren, hoe moet ek het vir oogend doen? En, um, en Jesus sê vir ons, ons gaan op die keer, gaan ons om skoon gemaakt te word, ons word gewas. Maar dan is al op die keer goed wat in ons, goed wat nie lekker is nie. En dan is al op die keer gaan ons in druk, en ons gaan in preser, en ons gaan in seisoen in, waar het nie vir ons lekker is nie, waar Jesus ons bykie dier die hitte sit. En nou betekend word voel het voel dat ons die wereld, of ons word so'n bykie geroos kan. En ons vrou Jesus, kan hier die seisoene net voorbij gaan nie? En Jesus sê, jy het het nodig. Jy het het nodig dat jy kan blink. Dat jy kan al die fijngoekies wat vaststeek, wat jy nie met kouwe water af kan nie, wat jy met normale goed af kan nie. Wil ek jou schoon maak. En, en ek wil jylle in kar iets verochend. As jylle in die is, waar het nie lekker is nie, waar het taf is. Waar jy sê, jy sê, kan hier die drukkie net voorbij gaan nie. Just hold on, just embrace it, because when you look back, you will say, thank you Lord, thanks for that season, I'll praise you for that. Is it lekker? Nee, dit is nie altyd lekker nie, maar dis is net wat ek net wil deel vir ochtend, dit ding wat ek nog ervaar het en wat die my gesheer het, en dit yes, is, hier is raag, as ek daar ook word en ek voel as biekeer of, of is het al warm, ek is ongemaklik. jy sê, so moet voorbij, just hang in you thank you for season, and I where you to be.
1: Okay, thanks. It's a great encouragement, isn't it? Right? There's a scripture that says this, it says, count it pure joy. Is it Timothy or was it James? James. James, it says, count it pure joy, not if, when. You go through times of great Tribulation. Because once it has done its full thing in you, when it's, when it's completed its work in you, the full work in you, you would be more like God wants you to be. I'm paraphrasing. So, and, and that's the encouragement this morning. Yes, parts of us are shiny, parts of us were easy to clean, parts of us are that, that car that Kali's washed the car. And the, the, the back of the car that never faces the, the oncoming moths and little things, you know, that was easy. You just sort of like the, the hose could clean that, just a bit of water, maybe a bit of a wipe to get the dust off that's a little bit sticky. But on the bonnet, after you wash the car, there were little things that were a little bit harder to get rid of. In, in our lives, we all have that. We all have little bugs that's very deeply entrenched in us. And count it pure joy when God takes the soap and the warm water and the brush and he applies a bit of pressure on our lives to actually clean that. And uh, and it's it's an encouragement. It means that, you know what, that bug in you is not part of you. It wasn't how God intended you to be. Often in life, we walk through life and we go, ah, that's just who I am. Have you heard that? That's not how God made you. God did not make you a broken person. Life breaks us. We get cracks. We get, we get finger marks on us. God is able to restore each one of us this morning to the perfect picture that he intended you to be. The perfect, perfect part. For you to play. He's, he's prepared good works for you ahead of time. Allow God to do that. Now that's in line with what I felt God wanted to say to us this morning. So my, my title to my preach would be the longer, let's take the longer t- title. It would, would be this. Often people come to me and ask me, what does Josh Jen say? Like, have you done that? Have you come to me and said, Darby, what does Josh John, Jen say about this and that? And that? Just hold a sec. I uh, just want a timer. <laughs> so, often, often, who, who's done it? Show me your hands. Like, who's, who said, like, I've done that. I've asked guys, like, what does Josh Jen say? Huh? Come. Have you wondered what Josh Jen says? Yes. So I'm here this morning to tell you it doesn't matter what Josh Jen says. What, what matters is what does God say? What does the Bible say? That's what we conform our lives to. What Josh Jen says, what I say, actually doesn't matter. Do I have some viewpoints in life? I do. But that doesn't, that, if it's not what God is saying, it doesn't matter what my viewpoint is on something. I have to change me. To conform with God, not the other way around. And Dirk felt that this morning in prayer as well. uh, Before the time, I asked the guys, what do you feel? And Dirk shared, he said, he felt this morning for us that we need to conform our steps to what God has for us. That we need to hear the Holy Spirit of how fast, how slow, which direction, big steps, small steps. In the season that God has you now, what does God want you to do? And uh, just that's an encouragement for me when uh, I prepare something, and and then the, the words come, and they and they actually show me that oh wait this is what God wants to say. <laughs> it's a good encouragement. So Uncle Will Murray is the one that just I have to give him credit. He's the one that taught me that. I asked him one day on somebody that that asked me a very difficult question about things. And I said, Uncle, what do I say? What is the right answer here? And he said, it doesn't matter what you say. It matters what the Bible says. So in that, I want to ask, I've got a bit of a quiz going. I want to know, do we know what the Bible says? Right, on some stuff. So I want you to answer. these are not rhetorical questions. The first question in the, in the season that we're in at the moment for, for Christmas is how many wise men uh, went to Jesus in the stable? How many? Three? Three? How many wise men? Three in the stable, yes? Anybody else? None. There's the right answer. The wise men did not go to the stable. They only got to Jesus later. Actually, the Bible is not very clear whether they went to Bethlehem. They might have gone to Nazareth. Because Jesus was already, at, he was already dedicated, which was 40 days after his birth. How do I know Jesus was dedicated before the wise men got to him? Well, here's the story. Joseph and Mary didn't have lots of money. Yes, they were young. And then what they did was they offered a dove for Jesus. Poor people offered doves at the temple. If you had money, then you offer a lamb for your newborn. If they had gold, myrrh, and silver, would they have offered a dove? No. They were God-fearing people. So, at least 40 days later, there you go. Next question. Let's see. Maybe we can do better. Oh, another, another answer. Not three of them, just by the way. They had three types of gifts. But there were many of them. There were at least 20 or 30 or so. There, thing gold, frankincense, myrrh. No, silver. Sorry. Yeah. Let me not confuse you. Oh, the shepherds went to him. Yeah, yeah. They were there. Cool. What's the next one? More questions. How many of each animal did Moses load into his ark? Okay, you spotted that one. None. Moses didn't have anything in his ark. (laughs) He did build an ark, but no animals. Okay, let's go for Noah. How many of each animal did Noah have in his ark? Two of each, yes. Hmm. And food for them. Yeah, but how many animals of each? Two of each, yes? Male and female. Funny that they couldn't decide what they were. Yes? (laughs) Male and female. Oh, out loud. (laughs) Two. Everybody's on two. Anybody on more? Some seven pair. All the clean animals, seven pair. Oh, there we go. One more question. Uh, two more questions, yeah. Noah, how long was he in the ark for? 40 days, 40 nights. Come, by now, yes? It, yes? Close to a year, some way. huh, Go read it, guys. But could it rain for 40 days and 40 nights? Brave. I should have had chocolates for the people that are brave enough to answer. Where in Scripture, let's give it... Where in scripture does it say, the love of money is the root of all evil? Where is that? Proverbs? Yeah, more, come. He says, Proverbs, where in scripture? Timothy, Timothy, good. It is in Timothy, except it's not in Timothy. The Bible never says that. The Bible does not say the love of money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. (laughs) So there's a lot of evil that does not come from the love of money. Just saying. Not all evil is from money. But money has definitely got its share of evil that it produces in us. So so why the (laughs) questions? Why all the questions? I just want to show to us in more of a fun, lighter way that we think the Bible says some stuff. And you've all heard all these things. Probably saw so many shows and and nativity scenes where the shepherds come and the angels sing and then the wise men bring their little gifts. There's three of them coming. And and you know it must be three, right? And they did go to this table because every little... Children's show sort said that. I think my, my children's Bible actually had a picture of them. I've seen the photo. It happened. <laughs> it was there. But it's, it's not. And we grow up with certain concepts of what the Bible says. And we believe that. And it actually is not even what the Bible says. So we, we might actually find that we that we have a foundational thing in our life that we, that we think we're basing on God's word, but we're mistaken about what God's word actually says. These things are not the most important facts in the Bible, although I'm sure some guys somewhere made a very big thing out of Noah being in the ark for a year and not for 40 days. And it would be significant because nothing is immaterial. Nothing is just just in the Bible. Everything that's written there means something specific, and we can find value out of some of those details. It's worth still reading that. It's like, sorry, my clock has disappeared. There we go. Get back. <laughs> but God's word, if we read it rightly, has great authority. In 2 Timothy 3, it says this. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. As we read God's word, as we make that do those things for us, it's, it's important. It's gotta, it's gotta teach. So it's stuff we don't know. Rebuke what we do wrong. Correct. Bring in line. Train. So we're doing it right and then you train it. You know, there's no use in training something that you can't do. You first have to learn to do it, and then you train yourself to do it better. So if you're doing something wrong, don't train yourself to do it wrong. Uh, Some of us play darts. If you've got a bad bad habit, or golf would be more of us. If you've got a bad habit in in, in golfing, you're standing wrong, or you you look up too fast after hitting the ball, or you don't follow through correctly, then your game suffers. Tennis. Tennis. If you, if you serve incorrect and you don't throw the ball up right, you don't stand correct before you do it, and your swing is wrong, if you do that over and over, you're training yourself to do the wrong thing. Life is the same like that. If we get some stuff wrong, we could do it over and over and over again. And later on, it's entrenched. Later on, we believe that all evil is from money. We've got to get rid of it. I'm sure some of our wives strongly believe that money is evil because they keep on trying to spend even the stuff we don't have. (laughs) Do you find that? (laughs) Are the guys as guilty of that as the woman? I think you are. I am. (laughs) But the way we spend money sometimes over Christmas season definitely shows that we believe money is evil. We try and get rid of all of it. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. Not a good advice. But God's scripture is unique in its role in our lives. If we allow it to come and work in us, it will do incredible things. It's, it's a great benefit of it. You have to allow God's scripture to enter your heart and to change you. You've got to let yourself be exposed to God's word. So that it can enter your heart. Now, the question here is not whether you will be influenced. The question is just by what. We are all being influenced every single day of your life. If you think that you are rock solid in who you are, and you are who you are, and you don't change, you're mistaken. You get changed every single day of your life in big ways or in small ways. By what you get exposed to. Every one of us. And if you get exposed to the same thing a lot, that thing becomes something that has a large influence on you. The movies we watch, they change us. The series we watch, they change us. The stuff we read on the internet that we Google, it changes us. A lot of us, like, you know that little WhatsApp feed that comes up for you? It brings up what you already believe. You know how I know that? Because it's programmed that way. It's programmed to go find in all the searches that you do and all the websites that you spend time. It even times you. How much time do you spend on a certain page? What does that page say? And then your Google feed on your phone is not just arbitrary. arbitrary. Have you found that you, you open a little Google field and you goes, no ways, that is exactly what I thought it was. Yeah, no ways, see, it's true, it's there, it's on my Google feed. No, I just found a website that says what you already wanted to hear. If you want to hear something you don't know, you actually have to search for it on Google. You have to type something in. And be careful, don't just type in the stuff that you know, type in the stuff that you don't know. What about this? That Get an opposing view. How often do you do that? Find an opposing view. And that's good in life. But actually, just find a godly view. Because search scripture. We should go to scripture before we go to Google. Scripture says this. Proverbs 13 says this. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. The people you hang out with, the opinions that you listen to, they change you. And in Proverbs it says, if you hang out with wise people, you yourself will become one of them. That's amazing. Let yourself be influenced rightly. James 1 says this, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. That sounds much better, doesn't it? I want to be wise. I don't want to be a fool. Anybody here wants to be a fool? None of us. Good choice. (laughs) None of us want to be known as foolish. The answer to being not a fool is to hang out with wise people and to surround yourself with godly wise people and to listen to God's word and let it change you. Read the Bible with the intent to find stuff that you're not doing and start doing it. It's very simple, but it's hard. It's not easy. Everybody today has an opinion. Yes? And if you don't have one, you can download one. Quickly. (laughs) And then you can alter that one. But that's a dangerous thing, that everybody has an opinion. Actually, I I feel more and more, we should hold on to our own opinions lightly. Like, who wants to know... I write less and less stuff on Facebook every day. Who really wants to know what I think? <laughs> and is what I think really that relevant to everybody else out there? God has put me in Otsurin among you guys. And he wants me to say to you what he wants to say. And I have to find God. I have to spend my time hearing God. And, and then bring God's word. Yeah, Not so much... On Facebook to the rest of the planet. And hold lightly onto that. Unless it's God. I have to change what I think to line up with what God thinks. And what he says. So, in Proverbs 14 we read this. There is a way that appears to be right. But in the end, it leads to death. How many of the opinions that we get from people actually appears to be right. But it leads to death in the end. To the youth, you guys in school, you're being bombarded in this world by opinions and by viewpoints. They actually want you to decide whether you are boys or girls. That's inappropriate. You know why? You're not old enough to know. Yeah. You're not old enough to make life-changing decisions. You should be deciding what you have for breakfast. That should be your biggest decision. It is irresponsible of us as parents to make life decisions on you. And you should hold that as an opinion. When somebody comes to you and says, you need to make this decision, you can go, you know what, I don't want to. I shouldn't have to. I should. Uh, you should really, at this stage in your life, actually, I will... None of us are ever old enough to decide whether we are boys or girls. God decides that. He does. True story. Ask any doctor. They'll be able to tell you. But for you guys, even less life-changing things, you shouldn't have to decide. It is wrong. It is wrong of of the grown-ups to put that stress of decision on your shoulders. It is just wrong. You can't even drive a car yet. Why not? Because you can't be trusted with driving a car. You can't have alcohol. Because you can't be trusted with alcohol. Because it will take away your capability of making childhood decisions. Right? But yet, we give you those decisions. Goodness. <laughs> huh? Us. Like all the older, older folk among us. Guys. Have you thought about this? What are the decisions that we as a society place on the shoulders of our children and expect them to decide? It's actually just unfair. That's what it is. Can we find the Bible? And and here's the thing. If you do need to make big decisions, youth, don't make a decision. Just find the scripture. Just go to the Bible. God has given you so many answers. You don't have to search anywhere else. God loves you. God has made you exactly who he wants you to be. God has good works prepared for you ahead of time. Find him in all of your ways. What does Psalm say about that? Yes, I've got a scripture on Psalms here. It says, how can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to God's word? Psalm 119. Put that on your profile everywhere you go and say, you know what? That's how I'm going to live my life. That's how I'm going to shape my decision making. I'm going to just find what God says and then I do what he said. It's important for us to be obedient to what God says. So there's some biblical, uh, some biblical examples that I can give you. Um, which ones? Which ones? I'm going to give you some some examples of people that didn't listen to God. Which are the first ones we can think of? Genesis 3, Adam and Eve, they got it wrong. God told them to do one thing, they decided to do another. And we all know how that turned out for all of us, right? They opened the door. They opened the door on sin. All they did was they went and said, God said, Do not make your own decisions. Just follow what I said. And the devil came and said to Eve, did God really say? And Eve went, I'm not so sure. Adam told me. And she ate. And Adam came and went, well, she did it. She didn't die. I'm going to have some too. And what did that do? Well, it opened the door in sin for all of us. Adam and Eve. Not far down the road. That was Genesis 3. Genesis 4, another one, Cain and Abel. God comes to him and says, Gain, sin crouches at your door and it seeks to devour you. What does he do? I would never go out that door again. <laughs> he opens the door, the proverbial door, and he goes down that road. God warned him. It wasn't like he was on his own. It wasn't that God didn't love him. It wasn't that God wasn't helping him. He was right there, and he didn't listen. It went so bad that Noah had to have a flood. No, Noah had no flood. God had a flood. Noah just survived it. God helped Noah. Noah had a boat. God had a flood. Yes? We have to get these things right. Noah's flood. Everybody refers to it as Noah's flood, don't they? It wasn't his. But things went so bad on earth that God caused a great flood To wipe out the sin. To wash the planet off with an abundance of water. It had gotten that bad on the planet so quickly. That's quite quite out there. Israel's kings, like the Old Testament, it's just filled with people not listening to God. What was the first thing that a king should have done when they got... To be a king in Israel. God gave them a command. To copy the word. The scriptures. Good to read it. But to copy it. Write it down in your own handwriting. Go and write it down. And always keep my commands with you. Refer to it daily. That was what God said. So God said if you want to be a great king. If you want to rule my people well. Just follow my rules. Just know what they are. Copy them. Write them down. There's some exam advice for you guys. Write down the stuff you want to remember. And then read it repetitively every day. And then you will remember it. And then when somebody asks you a difficult question, you know what the answer is. Because you've copied it. You've reread it. And you've made it part of who you are. Do that with God's word. Now if that's at the command of a king that God has the answer for kings... Don't you think it's a good idea for us? Take God's scripture, rewrite some of it, like it's homework back in school. Copy it, write it, read it, read it daily. If you don't know what to do, go look for it in scripture. It's amazing. Don't Google it too much, because Google's gonna give you, yeah, you get so many things from Google, it's almost scary. What I've actually found is AI, ChatGPT, right, is an incredible tool to find scripture. I actually use it quite a lot now. Because if you you can limit Chat GPT with your question, how you put it to what you wanted to reference. So the question goes to Chat GPT. Give me a list of scriptures that shows, let me give you, give me a list of scriptures that shows the importance of Obedience to God's command from the NIV version of the Bible. Here's the answer. James 1.22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. 1 Samuel 15. But Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice. And to heed... To listen is better than the fat of rams. John 40 says, If you love me, keep my commands. Deuteronomy says, If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all of these commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. John. 1 John 5, 3 says, In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. There you go. There's an answer. That we can live by. Follow God. Hear his word. Read it. Make it part of who you are. Remember these scriptures. You don't have to remember that it's... Where it is. You don't have to remember that it's John 14:15, although that's an easy one, eh? John 14:15. If you love me, keep my commands. You can as a reference so that when you talk to somebody you can say not just the Bible says, you can say the Bible says it there. If you do want to say something to somebody and you in a conversation with somebody, google it. Where does it say? And then read it so that you can make sure that you're quoting it correctly. Yeah, But live our lives according to what scripture says and not to what we think just what scripture says. So, if, you, if we do this, I can testify to this. God's word changes you. It changes who you are for the better. It's an amazing thing. We can be wise. We don't have to, to be fools. Romans 12, verse 2 says this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. When you're faced with life decisions, you will know. Why? Because you know God. You've known and read enough of his scripture. You've studied it. You've made it part of your heart. You've put it into who you are. To the point that when you get to a point, you go, I oh, know that, no, that's not God. This is God. And afterwards, you can find scripture to, to show you. If somebody comes to you and says, I think what you're doing here is, might not be right. Are you so convinced of being right that you can't hear? And who are the people in your life that can actually tell you, listen, maybe you've got it wrong here or there? How do we navigate some of those challenges in our lives? The common challenges. That sometimes you'll reach scripture, and you have no idea what it says. Talk to the people around you here, left and right of you. Talk to them about it. Discuss it. Have a coffee. Have a coffee with a deacon, with a community leader, band myself. Look at what that person's track record looks like. And then decide, are they living what they read in God's word? Or does it look like a disaster zone behind them? Maybe just weigh up their opinion a bit lighter. Not because what they say might be wrong, but they're definitely not living it. You can see somebody's life if it's found in God. Why? Well, because if I live my life according to God, then... Actually, God promises that certain things will flow from me. Life, not death. It's not the richest guy on the the planet or in town that should have the loudest voice. It's the guy whose life around him, there is life. People that hang out with that person has life. Yes, their lives become better and better. Those people, they listen to those voices. We are supposed to judge. God says so. He says, Language could be a problem. If I've recently realized I was talking to some guys in the congregation, and I know we speak English on a Sunday, but a lot of us are actually Afrikaans speaking. Read the word in Afrikaans if that's easier for you. Really? Read it in Afrikaans. Read it in a language that you can understand and where the words make sense to you. Read it in Klosa. Read it in Zulu. Read it in whatever language is is, is a language that you get it in. For me, I read the Bible in English. But my dad was the, the vice principal of Rondebosch Boys Preparatory School. You have to say it that way. You know what, nothing wrong reading the Bible in a different language if that is the language of your heart. But get a good translation. Ask people, is this a true translation or is it not? And maybe refer to multiple ones. Don't just one one version. You could have a couple and say, why does this one say this and that one say, says that one? And then find... If it's, if it's the thing that changes the, the tone, the value, or what it actually says. But read God's scripture. Read it in a way that you can understand it. Don't let language come in your way. Time. Make time. Make time. All those other voices. Be careful what voices you allow into your life and which ones speak the loudest. Some time ago the elders of Josh Jen actually asked Josh Jen not to listen to too many voices outside of Josh Jen. And uh, that time is also had an had a expiry date on it, right? And and actually, you know what, you can't forever just not listen and Google and, and, and hear many, many voices. But we hope that this period that Josh Jen did go through where... We ask, don't listen to too many voices. Brought a dependence on, you and know, and it's like a flavor of truth. If you, for the last bit, listen to everything that's on the 412 website, I'm telling you, you would have picked up a line. Your heart would have come a little bit into line with what, what the apostolic voice actually feels in the 412 field, which God has made you part of. Is it the only truth? No, it's not the only truth. But it is the part where God has added you. So wouldn't it be good if you line up with where God has put you? Because God says we're part of a body, right? So you're part of a specific part of the body. Right? So it's like two rugby teams playing up against each other. And your hand decides, no, 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 I'm, I'm part of the All Blacks today. I'm not playing for the Springbok team. Bad news for your hand? You lost But, (laughs) oh, not if you play cricket. (laughs) Oh, ouch. (laughs) Shouldn't have gone there. (laughs) But it would be weird. I think maybe that's what happened to the Proteas. Their hand decided to play for the Aussies. But weird if that would happen, isn't it? So if God places you in 412, in Justgene, which is part of the 412 field, go to the 412 app. Go to their website. There's so many good things for you to spend your time on and learn from there. It really, I don't think you, in a lifetime you can get through the stuff. There's so much there. There's a T3 course there on almost anything you can think of. A couple of years ago, what is it? About seven, eight years ago, we did the T3 courses. could be ten years ago. We did T3 courses. can't even remember what the three T's were. Train, teach, Train. training, transformation. transformation through truth. Shanae has been part of us for a long time. Thank you, Shanay. She went to the T3 things. There were so many things going on at that time that... Uh, that you have to choose something, apologetics, there's a course on that. There's a, there's a course on baptism. There's a course on leadership. There's a course on eldership. There's, there are T3 courses on so many topics. You could do it. It's really, really good stuff. It's at the level of university teaching uh, in theology. If you listen to everything that's on the T3 training things, I promise you, you go right at the graduate thing in theology, you'll pass if you paid attention. (laughs) What is it that you listen to? What is it that you align yourself to? And if even in T3, I want to say this. If you hear something that you go like, but is this in the Bible? Go look for it. Make sure. Don't just believe it because Mike Davies said so. You'd probably find that he was right. But go look, check for yourself. It is said about Mike Davies that he once thought that he was wrong, but he was mistaken. (laughs) Even Mike can be wrong. (laughs) Go check it out for yourself. Go read scripture. Go find it. Make it part of who you are. And some practical tips. So one of the best tips that I have for you I got from Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington said this. He says, in the evening when he goes to bed, he puts his slippers deep underneath his bed. So that in the morning when he wakes up, he has to go on his knees to get them, get them out. And while you are down there, pray. So in the evening, prepare. That you will be praying tomorrow morning. Put your slippers deep under your bed. So that the only way you can get them is by kneeling. And then while you're there, pray. Thank God. Thank God for what he's given you. Thank God for the talents. For the gifts. And the gifts that he gave you that you can give to, give to others. Start your day like that. Start your day with God's word. Read it. Read it from a book. Read it on your phone. Read God's word. Start your day with that. That'll change your whole day. Read scripture in the morning. Find what is it that God wants to say to me today. He wants to communicate with you. Start your day with God. I don't have better advice than that. Do not forsake the gathering of the saints. This is this. God adds you to a body. You can't function without it. You were never meant to be on your own. You were never meant to be part of a small little two-people group. It's impossible. When you form anything that you call church, I don't care if you have tree church, or home church, or river church, or life church, or whatever church you want to call church. But the moment that you start church, if you follow God, God's going to add to you. And then, well, you'll be five people, and then you'll be ten people, and then you're going to go, no, we don't want more people to come. We like being a small group. What are you going to say to the next people that people that God wants to add to your church? God has added you. If you're sitting here and you call yourself a Josh Jenner, God has added you to this church to be part of this. Be part. And ask the people around you, the community leaders, the elders, ask them questions. And help each other find in God's scripture and find in his word. And conform your life to that. Does that make sense? This morning, I'd like to ask you this question. It's like, can you commit yourself to actually finding, like align yourself with God's word this morning? Can you do that? Can you commit yourself to look at what God says? Not what Josh Jen says, not what I say, but what God says. Can you commit this morning to that? If you you want to do that, I think, not for me, not for the guy next to you, but for God and for yourself, I'd like you to stand. If you want to commit your life today to say, I want to follow God. It is a bit of an impossible answer to not stand for, is it? A, because everybody else is standing. And B, because by not standing, you're saying, I'm not going to follow God. (laughs) But that's all of us. I'm standing. (laughs) Follow God with all of your heart this morning. Follow God with all of your might, follow God no matter what. Sometimes you're going to read scripture and it's going to say stuff you don't want to hear. Follow God. There's nobody on this in this possible in existence that has a better plan for your life than God's plan. If you follow God's plan, I'm going to tell you it's going to be a great thing it'll glorify God's name that's the best thing we can do is glorify his name with my life then my life counted for something one day if it if it sang God's name in the universe everything else was a little bit immaterial isn't it i want to pray for us Father, this morning we come to you, Lord, and first of all, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for, for your gifts, for your love, for your son. Thank you, Jesus, that you, like Kelly read this morning, that when, when the soldiers came, you gave your life. When they asked, who are you? You said, I am the one you are looking for. I am the one who wants to open the door to relationship with my father. I am the one who will pay the price for each person's sin. Thank you, Lord, that you have done that for us. Thank you, Lord, that you have given your dearest, your dearest for our sin. For our sins, so that you could have a relationship with us. Thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, this morning, come and pour out yourself over us, into us. Help us, speak to us, guide us, show us, help us understand the scripture. When we read the word, will you shine a light on it from this day for us? That we could understand what it is that you were saying to us. How should we make the next decision? Father, I pray for boldness for each one standing here, Lord. Father, I pray for perseverance for each one standing here, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we would stand the test of time, Lord, that we would stand for you no matter what. That having done all, Lord, we would stay and just stand in your word, on your word, and according to your word, Lord. Father, help us to find the direction, the pace that we should be walking out our lives to, Lord. Your pace for each one of us, Lord. Father, show us which good works you have prepared for us ahead of time. Father, help us by reminding us every morning who you are and what you have done, Lord. Father, thank you for placing us among each other that we can help one another and can lean on one another, Lord, even through December and January when we go on holiday, that you have linked us together in love.